Welcome to Flash Fiction from Giant's Reach by Steve Cook. Hey, and welcome back to the Giant's Reach podcast. This week's Flash Fiction is a continuation of the story I've been telling uh, about the characters Stripe and Melora and Haryana and a few others. I'm trying to go for more of a, a soap opera feel to it. Let me know what you think of it. You can drop by my website, stevecookfiction.com. Uh, you can come onto the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Giants Reach. And if you sign up there in the next few days, uh, you will be able to get hold of September's short story, which will be going up on the 1st of September. Until then, enjoy this flash fiction. Raw Deal The bells tolled across the city, drawing the populace to prayer, and Stripes covered his ears with his paws. It's not that I mind them doing that, he grumbled. I just wish they weren't so damned loud about it. He was lying on his back in a nest of felted wool in one corner of his house, paws up in the air, and he stretched out, twisting his whole body. Outside, he could hear doors being opened and closed as the other occupants of Wainwright's yard went to worship, and he hunkered down until the noises had stopped. That's better. He listened for a moment, but there were no more movements, and he poked his head out of his front door. Golden leaves were beginning to blow around the yard, the oncoming autumn injecting a chill into the air, and as Stripes left the yard it was into a city that smelled fresh, despite all the humans. The echoes of the bells faded away, and Stripes set off through the mostly empty streets towards the warehouse district. His first stop was the previous week's rendezvous, but it was already inhabited by someone else. A strong, spicy smell of cooking rolled out of the warehouse, setting his fur on edge, and he passed it by. A quick sniff at the corner, though, and he found Corin's scent marks. The marks led him from street to street, ending at another warehouse almost indistinguishable from the first, and Stripes knocked softly on the door. Come in, a muffled voice from inside called, and he extended his claws just enough to prise the door open, sliding it shut behind himself. Corin was sat in the middle of the warehouse floor, surrounded by crates. She was a white cat, ghostly in the dim light with one golden eye staring out at him. He ran his eyes over the rest of the warehouse. It was tall, an upper floor with a metal gantry standing empty. Several rope and pulley systems were fixed to the walls, ropes extending up into the darkness. I see you've got the latest batch of product, Stripes said. All to your satisfaction? Just about, yes, Corin said. She turned, bringing the ruined socket of her other eye to bear on him. You're late, by the way. Move the safe house a little closer next time, Stripes shrugged. So, payment? Corin didn't respond instead getting up and walking around behind one of the crate stacks. A moment later, she reappeared with a leather satchel held in her mouth. With a toss of her head, she sent it flying. Stripes caught it out of the air in his claws. My thanks. Same again next week? The other cat hesitated, her tail flicking slightly. No, we want to change the parameters of our relationship, Stripes. Oh? She smiled. You've been making this stuff for us for weeks now, and we're very pleased with your service. You've not missed a delivery, and as far as we can tell, there have been no mistakes about the uh, 
quality of your product. I sense a but coming, Stripe said. He opened his senses, but as far as he could tell, there wasn't anyone else in the warehouse. Corin's smile turned feral. It's more that we would like to formalise your allegiance, Stripes. You're not a member of the Silver Talons, just a contractor. But we can change all that. And in return? Corin shrugged. Double your output. I fail to see the benefit to me, Stripes said. Quality of life. The Silver Talon operates several safe houses, some of which are palatial. Corin began to stalk around him, and he felt his tail begin to puff as he followed her gaze around. Let's be frank. You live in a slum, Stripes, subsisting at the very edge of society. We've had you watched, of course. We can change all that. But in return, you give us more of what you're good at. And if I say no? Her eyes flashed dangerously. Then we would find our partnership at an end. Seems like a gamble on your part. Can you find someone else with my skills? Someone else who can make the drugs you peddle to the underclass of Centrum? Stripes held her stare. Because if not, you're just going to have to keep things the way they are. No deal. Corin bared her teeth. That's a shame. Stripes slid his claws out, preparing for her leap, but she lashed out sideways, severing a rope. Stripes barely had time to register the whistling of something massive moving before a pallet, loaded down with crates, fell on him. He howled as the crates hit him, burying the back half of his body. Stunned, he could do little as Corin leapt behind him, one clawed paw at his throat. She squeezed, bearing down on him, and as red floated at the edges of his vision, she leaned in close to his ear. No one says no to the talon, she hissed. You're just a loose end, Stripes. But don't worry, you were right. We still have need of you. The red filled his sight as he struggled feebly under the crates and her weight, and then black consumed it all. You've been listening to Flash Fiction written for my Patreon, Giant's Reach. If you'd like to become a supporter, go to patreon.com forward slash Giant's Reach, where you can find more fiction just like this, 